Booyakashow, welcome back to another episode of Can't Handle Heat, it's your boy G Swizz, joined by Local Joe. Local Joe, how we doing? I'm doing awesome, how we doing G Swizz? Cruising, cruising, the man, the myth, the legend, Mike, how we doing broski? Good, good, good. Glad to hear it. We're going to start this podcast off a little different for a couple reasons. First of all, you see I'm repping the McKillinit right now, the McKillinit t-shirt. If you want to basically help the boys out, click the link in the bio, get one yourself. Also, shout out to our sponsors right here. I got lemon lime. Well, I put it on backwards. I got lemon lime and I got raspberry. This is my new thing. I tried this out this morning, guys. And uh, electrolyte mix. And I was not feeling it. I had this instead of breakfast. And I don't know if that's nutrition, nutritionally balanced breakfast or anything. But what I like to do is I like to add raspberry. I'm going to do it for those people listening on Spotify or Apple Music and can't see what I'm doing. I'm taking this raspberry and I'm taking this lemon lime here. And I'm adding this. And I was literally ready to run through a freaking brick wall after this. Take it, you shake it. I have about three or four of these a day. <laughs> three or four of those a day? I'm not even kidding. These these cocktails. And, bro, I'm like not even BSing you guys. It's like the perfect blend of the lemon lime, of like this, the tangy kind of thing. And a little sweetness of the raspberry. It's still a little tangy too. So it's like this raspberry limeade kind of thing. And it's freaking delicious. And again, Micah, Joe, how do they how do they get the Dr. Price electrolytes? If they want a little discount action. What do they do? What's the uh, problem, boys? Out of system 20. 20% off. Click the link in the bio, baby. Also, shout out to Manscaped. I can, I've been getting a few messages on the out of system on my personal. People are like, hey, man, I just want to say I got that Manscaped action. I got that lawnmower 4.0. And I'm like, hey, we're not just volleyball brothers, but now we're clean-shaven brothers. So if you want to join that brotherhood, make sure. Volleyballs, all cap, no cap. Uh, go to manscaped.com. All righty, let's get into it. Joe, the hot topic here, you just had your German Cup. A lot of people, we just posted a vlog about it. A lot of people are wondering um, uh, how you're feeling about it, what your thoughts were, and just kind of a breakdown of the film. So if you want to give a quick recap of the game and your thoughts and your feeling towards it, and we'll go from there. Yeah, well, we lost first of all. I'll start off with that um, <laughs> before we get into it, which is really, it was really brutal. Um, because we, for the most, like if you look at just statistics, if you look at the flow of the game, there was like a lot of facets where we were the better team, and that's why it really hurts to to lose those matches. It was just like in like the key moments we didn't convert, we didn't execute. But that's always what a championship is. Like a lot of times, championships aren't played at like the highest level um, because of the nerves and teams know each other super well. Um, but it's just like whoever can execute in those big moments and. We weren't able to, unfortunately, and so that's what, at the end of the day, like, if you look at the film, you look at the statistics, that's what it really came down to. It's like, play here, play there. Uh, they had, they took advantage of their opportunities. We didn't. We It was 3-1 match. We came out from the at the start of the match, and uh, it looked like we were super, like, anxious and tentative, and a lot of guys are just trying to do too much. And then once we kind of, like, once we eased into the match, everything became a little bit more... Um, uh, just calm on the court, I would say. Like, we were kind of th- then discussing more so, like, our game plan rather than, like, where we were emotionally. Like, it, I felt like the first half of the first set, we're talking about, like, our uh, our energy and just how we're, like, trying to do too much. And then once we kind of got rid of that, then we were talking more about, like, executing in certain uh, phases of the game. Came out, second set played really well. Third set played well. Again, at the end of the set, we had some huge opportunities um, multiple times, and we just didn't take advantage of them. And then the fourth set, we're up 17-11 in a fourth set to go to a fifth and lose the set on just a series of errors, which has been kind of our Achilles heel uh, this season, is just direct direct points through unforced errors. Um, and so those are never good, and that's how you give momentum back to a team. When you're up 17-11, the only way that they're going to come back is if you hand them a couple. And that's what happened. So there's a lot of stuff that just went wrong in the worst times. And I, I, we talked to the, we talked between, uh, like within our team this week, and that was kind of the message I had. Is like, um, you know, there was nothing surprising just because we had talked. Everything that happened was an issue for us throughout the season. And I, and I said, I'm like, in championship matches, if you don't like bite, uh bite like one of your habits like one of your bad habits in the butt like it's going to come out at the worst time i said like in the super bowl we all sat and watched the super bowl eli apple 
that was one of their weaknesses came it was evident at the worst time um of the game uh, a breakdown in coverage with us it was literally our kind of achilles heels all year broke down at the worst time and so i that was my message to the team it's like if you like this is just a message for us going forward in this season for your like for the future of your guys careers like you re when we talk about stuff in practice and we talk about emphasizing certain things and how we have to get better and we kind of go through it, like certain guys go through the motions on that part of training and then we're surprised when it happens in a match. It just, for me, that's why I came out of them. Like we just, like we didn't deserve to win that because that's something for us that we knew was an issue going from the beginning of the season. We talked about it constantly and we still like allowed it to happen in the biggest match of the year. And that's why for me it was more frustrating. You know, I, uh, I just came out of that like as a team I felt like we could have avoided uh just through how we practice and what we and what we were our mentality in training and so that's always the most difficult thing coming out of those matches like there's nothing that surprised us they didn't do anything crazy they didn't play like this ridiculous match and play super well and uh like deserve to win it from that uh sense so to speak but they deserved to win it because they executed in those and those small details and those moments that they needed to. And at the end of the day, we didn't do that and it makes it tough. So sorry for rambling on there, but you told me to give a recap. So that's my recap of the match. No, absolutely. Micah, what, did you want to say something? Because I have two things I have. I no, go ahead. Joe. First things first, Joe, where would you, because first of all, I want to give love to our fans out there who showed Joe love. First of all, a guy traveled from Portugal to come see you. First of all, I couldn't put it yeah. in the vlog. Well, I didn't put it in the vlog because... It was just it was a longer interview, so I just kind of kind of keep the the pacing there. But basically, he got a ticket pretty much, and he didn't even know if the game was happening. So they're just like, "Are right, we gonna go anyway?" <laughs> like pretty much from Portugal to Germ to oh to the Netherlands to Germany. He's Portuguese and he He's Portuguese and he studies in Netherlands, and he just sent it anyway. And Netherlands and Germany are bordering each other, but still, that's absolutely insane. Took a train, anyways. So, but a lot of people is the Netherlands and Germany, or is Belgium? They're bordering. Yeah, they Netherlands. Are, they are. Netherlands. Okay, okay, okay. So France, sorry. I'm thinking about France. There you go. Um, but Joe, where a lot of people showed a lot of love in our comment section of the vlog. If you haven't listened to the vlog, go check it out. It's on the YouTube. Where, would you rank that amongst like one of your worst losses, or is it just kind of a bigger loss? I mean, yours? no. I, anytime you lose a championship or anything like that, like, um, I like what I said to the team. Also, is how it's weird because usually when you lose a match like that. Like, I'm just used to that being, like, season-ending loss. Like, you're done, and that's the end of the season because it's a championship. For us, we it's a weird thing when you have, like, this cup uh, final where we still have a whole playoff to to go, and we have a good draw first round, I would say. Um, playoff. And, you know, so we're, we have to prepare. That was the, It's a quick turnaround. Literally, we're playing two days here. We're playing our first round of playoffs, and so we uh, had to have a quick turnaround. In terms of, like, worst loss, I don't know. I think any championship loss is brutal. Still, like, the 2019 championship with Hawaii, I think I took the worst. Like, just, that was like, the most was defeating. The just, I that still, to me, is in terms of how I felt afterwards, but I hate, like, losing a championship of any sorts, especially with this opportunity that we had and, the like, the clubs never won. Kind of a similar situation that Hawaii was in. Um, but it was just tough, you know. You'd, you'd like to be able to execute. I think... This match, we were in more, better positions to win the match than we were in 2019. Like, 2019, we won the first set, but besides that, I never felt like we were, like, in control of the match. Like, this match, we came out, I came out of it like, holy crap, we controlled so much of that match. Uh, even when yeah, we dude. maybe weren't ahead, we were down by one or two, I still felt like it was, like we had complete control, and it was just, like, one run away from us kind of, like, taking over. So that made it, uh, that made it even harder. Yeah, it was, it was definitely really difficult. I was... I came out of, I think I texted you guys both. I'm like, we just didn't, like, we didn't deserve to win that match because of how we ex didn't execute. And we allowed our Achilles heel to, uh, to show in the worst moments. And so, you know, that's, for me, I, I just kind of, I wouldn't say accepted it, but just focus on get, get ready for playoffs now at this point. There's nothing, <laughs> that's the, that's the thing about like the professional season is like, you just got to move on because there's so many big matches. Same thing for Trentino. Literally they play. They lose the Italian Cup. Three days later, they're playing a Champions League quarterfinal. It's like you have to be able to bounce back because it's a whole new competition, and um, and there's bigger and better things to get ready for. So, yeah, that's kind of my mentality from coming off that match from the weekend. That kind of brings up, I guess, what 
that makes me think of is when I played in France, I kind of realized what makes these higher played, higher paid players like worth the money. And what I figured was like, we can play with them. We can play with a lot of these guys if we're on our game or if a lot of these guys in the, in the league are on their game, then they're equal players or could be better players on any given night. But the players that are making the most, they're consistent, number one. And then, like, money time or, like, when it comes down to execution, they just do, like, they just beat you. And you're like, we are right there with, like, one of the best teams. It's like 25-23, 25-22, 25-23, 3 and, and you're like, what the heck? Like, we are playing great. We, like, we can totally play with them. And then, like, we didn't take care of two balls and we lost 3-0. And I don't know if that stands out to you as well, but it's hard to find, like, even in the NBA, like, now there's such an emphasis on playoff basketball. Like, LeBron kind of, I feel like, started that, where, like, he wasn't in the regular season as concerned with their placement. And he's just like, yeah, when I get to the playoffs, like, he did it a couple times with Toronto, when Toronto was the number one seed in the East. Yeah. Um, and he's just like, yeah, like this is when it matters, and this is why I get paid a lot. And like we're gonna execute and just make the one or two plays when we're tied at eighty-five apiece. We make the play, and it's game over. And like you don't talk about it anymore after that. It's like we made it to the finals, and you didn't, dude. Yeah, like the one thing. So I would like to say also, like we fortunately we've been on both sides of that where like we've been at the bottom playing against the top guys, or we've been on the top. And you realize, like, when you're at the top, and, and some guys are, like, not quite there yet. And they're like, oh, we were just right, quite there. You know the feeling of, like, no, you weren't. Like, you, like, like, we had control the entire time, like you said. But you also know the feeling of, oh, I feel like we were right there. But in the back of your mind, you're like, mm, maybe we weren't. Because if we would have, we wouldn't have been swept 3-0. But, Jody, your point, and, and your point, Micah, about, like, taking care of the balls is one thing that they taught me here in professional is like the biggest thing they're like we would rather have you be better at the easy balls and the hard balls like a hundred percent sure and like taking care of those and that's the one thing that the biggest you didn't your dad didn't teach you that he did he did but this is a whole next like but now but you you, you thought that that was only balls. the case at 12 yeah. and under yeah, not yeah. like yeah in the professional okay, okay, okay and you don't think about it as much now i think about it way more like oh i have to like like if i don't get this like 100 percent, you know what i'm saying then it's like i'm screwed you know what i'm saying like that and there's more easy balls like like balls that maybe weren't don't look that easy have to be like perfect or something like that even though it's like you know but like that's like the biggest difference for me jumping from college to pro is like the perfectionism of the whole kind of thing and like all that and like that, that's and then like you said about like moving on to the next. I mean, like I said, I don't play with like world world talents here in, in in Bulgaria here, but like seeing like the more professional guys is like one thing. They Joe, do. what did you think he just said? The world world. Yeah, world <laughs> war talents. I don't play with a lot of world war veteran um, <laughs> over here, but you know, you know what, you know what, it's time for guys. Round two, Dr. Bryce Electrolyte's going to fill this bad boy up. Did I even get a lack of sleep? But anyway, the biggest lesson to take out of this is basically get yourself some Dr. Bryce Electrolytes. Fill that bad boy up. It's probably one of those episodes where it gets a little weird here because lack of sleep here. Dude, I got a match tomorrow. What do you mean? Dude. What do you mean? Dude. I am present. I'm dialed on a Dr. Price electrolytes. That's what I'm dialed into. Hey, what do you guys' quick question? What do you, on a new subject here. What is your guys' like pre... Do you guys have a pre... We talked about game day routines last time, Micah. What about your before? Like, hey, before and I'm night? trying it this time. I left my house a okay. little bit like... Usually I keep it pretty clean. And I'm purposely leaving some things like a little bit dirty really? so, I can, so I can clean tomorrow. Yeah. Really? really? Joe, Joe, what we talked about last podcast is um, pre-match routines. And you weren't there, hater. So we're curious. Do you have any pre-match routines or, or like on the game day or no? I was saying I clean my whole apartment. Do you guys have any like day nope. before? Or like for me, I like to fuel up the day before. Also, I've learned I've ate a crap ton of food. 
on the day of the game, and I've tried eating not, and I, I've, I've realized I'm eating not as much food before the match is better for me because I feel a little lighter. Of course. Is that is that for everyone? But I don't jump though. Think about it. I got to no, say ground. No, it's not. Up. It's not for everyone. Some people are weird, but like, I don't know. I feel like it's the body's natural instinct to like when you get food, you're gonna start shutting down. Like when it's proved scientifically proven, I think that when you're hungry, your reaction time and all that kind of stuff is better, and you're on higher alert, which makes sense. Like evolutionarily speaking, if you were to eat a big meal, it means you caught like, say you're hunting and gathering. Like mm-hmm. You caught a big whatever animal you eat, and then you're like sleeping, and then you have some time to chill. You don't have to hunt immediately. But if you're like hungry, you're freaking like, I need to find something now. Like, anyways, not to go really? around off. No, that's actually pretty interesting. Is there like any? Where do you learn this information from? You just like look. I just came up with life. that. Do you guys how, like how serious? Because I like, never ate on game day, and I real I was like, why is this? And I love like always tracing it back to like. In my own head, like evolution and why things are the way they are. And then I had heard like, I don't know where I'd heard that information. And I was like, oh, that's sweet. I, I thought the same thing, but I how much research science to get there. How much, this, Joe, this is a question for you too. How much like scientific research do you guys do in terms of like, in terms of performance, in terms of like how do you buy it? Or do you just kind of shoot by feel? Like for example, like for me, it's like, oh, you need to be this. You need to do this. The game day or like this. Or like you read about, like say you read, oh, you do better hungry or something like that. Or is a lot of it just kind of feel it out? Because I feel both you guys are more, like I could see you being research-based guys, but I can see you being like uh, feel, shoot by feel kind of guys. I was going to say, I'm definitely both. I don't know about Joe. In terms of like my in, like research in terms of what? In terms of like like what Mike said, oh, should I do this or should I like eat oh. this then or should I feel it? Like no, I shoot then? by feel for sure on that. Really? Definitely shoot by feel. I definitely like yeah. get some information from podcasts. Like this one. I don't I'm not researching like on Google as much. Mm-hmm. But I watch a lot of YouTube. TikTok. Like, a lot a lot Mike of YouTube. Like it gets all this information on TikTok. <laughs> TikTok not so much. I'm not on TikTok too often. But YouTube I'm on that thing every day and I get so Today I just watched like uh living in the coldest place on earth. Mm-hmm. These people are wild, man. Like, you can't have running water because your pipes are just freezing. It's like <laughs> minus 60 degrees Celsius, like, all the time. This day, it was like minus 40. And the kid is like, has to walk 10 minutes to school. And, uh, the, like, the wife's like, or the mom's like, I What's hope he makes it to school. Minus 40 degrees Celsius. And it was a warm day. They're like, oh, today's a nice warm day. It should be okay. Because at minus 55, they don't go to school. And they said that that's kind of a lot. And so, uh, and they, like, she's dressing him. She puts like 10 layers on the kid. And she's like, I'm, I, every parent worries that their kid won't make it to school because they'll just freeze. So he walks 10 minutes and is like breathing super heavily. And the narrator's like, because they're, I believe they're Russian. Um, the narrator is like, if he doesn't make it like soon, he's gonna start shutting down. <laughs> and he like makes it, and she's like, he does this every day. But like, they have to get blocks of ice every morning. They have to melt the block of ice down over a fire that they have to start, just to have the water for the day. How do they start the fire? Wood. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll think about wood. Like, right? all right, what do you guys? What do they? Oh no, no, I'm, I'm seriously. That's how you keep the fire. That's what I mean. That's how you. That's the basis of it, but like, do they go like they rub? No, in a house, in a house. Oh, okay, okay. I don't know why, but my mind immediately just thinks like igloo or something. Okay, so so I watched the second video. This is the biggest (laughs) like random thing on a podcast that we've had. But the second video was these reindeer herders, and those people lived in tents because they actually like follow the reindeer's migration, like to hunt them. And that was crazy. Um, They definitely kill them and eat them. But it's not as much like hunting because there's like thousands of these things and they're just following it and they own some of them. Like two specific families apparently own a lot of them and then the Soviet Union owns a lot of them as well. But yeah, these guys are in the middle of nowhere and they're in these like tents. Twelve people were in this one tent. Seven people on one side, five on the other. It was crazy, man. And they and these guys are just getting pulled by five reindeer on, on like a sled. 
And I'm like, what is going on, man? Anyways, I watch a lot of YouTube. And a lot of it, like, a lot of it is randomly about lifting or, like, diet or just random stuff. I just run into random stuff. Interesting. Interesting. I wanted to kind of get down the wormhole of, like, is there something that you guys, like, watch? Or, like, because we have a lot of time on our hands, a lot of time. For not doing out of system was like, is there something that you kind of got like into or anything like that, like hobbies or watching wise or anything? Joe, uh, I just I watch Netflix and then also Barstool has done a really good job with, um, they put together Coach Prime. I don't know if you guys have gotten into that at all, uh, but basically Barstool has a fam uh, camera crew following around Deion Sanders' uh, coaching career at the uh, at Jackson State University HBCU program. That's sick. And how he's Dude, he's turning that into a. They're getting like top recruits committing now to uh to their school. If you look at it, it looks like a high end like high school, um in terms of, like facilities wise, and he's really transfer uh transforming that program into something really sick and uh it's really cool what he's doing just for his uh community that he feels super passionate about and wants to make a change in and so I really sick. enjoyed watching that and it shows just kind of, dude, he's getting like big time sponsors involved with his team and his players and he's getting uh like facilities like apparel deal like all these really cool things that these types of schools never have ever experienced before and really turning it into like a destination so that's super cool um in terms of like what he's doing with that and coach prime barstool sports on youtube really easy to access they followed him last spring and they did the fall season um did some really cool stuff up there but that's what i watched the uh yeah, which I enjoy though. It's you want to hear something? Another random. Uh, yeah, go for it. So, I was listening to this lifespan podcast. What's it about? It's about aging. Mm, and this guy's saying that like we're gonna be living to 150, and it's shouldn't it be. It's not impossible, and it's maybe likely that we're gonna be become like able to live forever. How forever? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Isn't that insane? Wait, is there any, like, science or any... Yeah, yeah, this guy here? is, like, was at MIT and is now at Harvard and is, like, the leading um, the leading researcher in the field of, of aging. But what's the quality of life? Like, like, live as a vegetable? No, no, no. So, apparently, there's, like, a biological age and a chronological age. So, like, you are... I'm 24. I don't know how old you are. Are you 22? I'm 23. All right, you're 23. That's like how long you've lived on this earth. But there's also a biological age that like could be a lot higher or a lot lower based on the way you live, your genetics, all that kind of stuff. Does that make sense? So your right. biological age could be, if you're super unhealthy, it could be like, hey, you're like 35 or you're like 38 biological. So these guys apparently took these supplements and three do- in three doses and their biological age went down two years in one year. And so he said, if you were to do this every year, you technically could be immortal. But what the basis of his, of his like everything was, everything is made up of a lot of the same things in, on earth. And e- everything is affected differently by time. For example, like a fruit fly, I don't know, the, and I'm making this up, I don't know exactly what examples he had, but a fruit fly is not going to live very long. Maybe a day, right. I think they say. And then you have like a tortoise that lives a really long time. And you have these whales that have lived for multiple hundreds of years. And even he's even like a tree that can live thousands of years. So why is it that time is affecting everything in such different ways when a lot of us, by a lot, like our genetics aren't that different technically speaking, than a whale. And so he just breaks that down. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, man, you get in this dark black hole. Like, I'm kind of, first of all, I'm tripping balls just by listening to what you said right there. How much is that? But it makes sense. Like, time really does have a different effect on every single species. That's a good point. And it's just like about... Figuring out why and these other species are aging slower and copying that. Speaking on time, 
it can tie into this past weekend, the German Cup, in a way, because I told I spoke to our team before the match in in the concept of like time and um and I like told them like experiences that I've been like in like big matches like championship type matches you win and you lose matches way faster than you do in any type of match. I don't know if you guys have ever had that same yeah. type of feeling, but the feel like time just feels like in those types of matches. Um, for whatever reason, like I'm going to bunch of one point. theories, but like you lose and you win matches way faster. Um, like just mentally, you come out of that, you're like, damn, that was like, that was done in like a blink of an eye. I don't know, I don't know what the concept is, but you were bringing up the concept like time and how it's different for everybody. But that's what I was like talking about. Like in those matches, why is it different? Why does it feel so different every single time? And everybody I talk to says the same thing. Like I was talking it's- to my coach, who played in Trentino, played has won all kinds of championships at the international level, played in the Olympics. And he says, he's like, I totally agree. Um, and I was asking him because I was driving him home just why why that's the case. But just talking about the concept of time is uh, super interesting because it's all – I always feel like it's, like, super relative too. It's because you're present. Um, the the more present you are in a situation, I feel, and if you're so zoned in, it's like when you're time flies when you're having fun. That's that's the that's the thing. And when you're having fun, you're so just locked into what you're doing. Yeah, but if you're lo- so why why when you lose does it feel that you like lost it super fast too? Like I'm I hear so that locked well. into losing that I'm just. <laughs> I think when you're losing, you feel like. At, well, not when you're losing, but after you've lost, you're like, dude, like, you feel kind of like helpless in a way. Does that make sense? Like. That just happened so fast. I didn't even get to like. It's not that it goes. It's going slowly in the moment for me when I'm losing. It's that afterwards I'm like, Frick. yeah, like that. Just I I felt like I couldn't slow it down to like regroup ourselves to try and win that game. It just let yeah. like we lost it at like twelve fourteen, and then it just disappeared, and we could never. It's almost yeah. like you lose control, in a sense, or you have a feeling of a like. You lost control after it had happened. But during it, I'm not... The concept of time doesn't really exist during the game. That's true. But yeah. after the game, it always true. feels... Whether you're winning or losing, feels really fast. Do you think it goes because we're on a point system as well, rather than a clock system? It has anything to do with it by any means. Yeah, because when I like... If you were to do a sauna... And you have a clock right in front of you or, or like something hard or like anything with a clock right in front of you. And then you don't time for me definitely goes by differently. I don't know. About no, you're you guys. right. But like when I'm constantly looking at the clock, it usually goes a lot slower than if I forget to look at the clock and then it's like, whoa, the game's over. Yeah, that's a good point. But I don't know. I, don't know. I haven't played. Eh. For me, it's all about being present. Because when you're losing, too, you're still present. Unless you're getting just smacked. If you're getting smacked, it's, it's literally a quick game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you're still, like, you're never losing. I mean, I hope you're never losing. I'm talking about, like, in those moments where you go from, like, like us, 17 to 17, 11. Like, and then, boom, you're like, tied. Boom. But it's that like, was in a minute and a half span, though, Joe. Think about that. Think about, like, that's like a minute. That's two minutes. That's it's not a two minutes. That's five points is long. I mean, it's a little. Five points? Seventeen eleven. Well, that's something. That's something we can talk about as well. Is that something I learned from watching like experienced people? Is they control the time of the game really well. And I was just yeah. talking to Zana about this because on the beach, um, a lot of like the more veteran players do it, and she's always like, "Man," and I'm like, "No, that I noticed the same thing indoor." And these guys like they they understand that if a team's hot for five minutes. You control the time. You can make. You can like give them five points. You can give them twenty. Yeah. Like if you don't slow it down, and you just let them just go back, hurry and serve, serve, keep it on you, and you're just in this like because you're in a state, or like you have a player that's in a bad state. Zen mode. And then he gets served three balls and gets aced three times on like floats, and then they capitalize on that, and ser- try and get like five serves in a minute, and he's never checked out, and then the game's over. Instead of like, okay, you get ace once, he goes, he like 
ties his shoe. He like slowly moves around. The refs are like, hey, come on, let's go, let's play. And then they serve one another one, and then we're like, oh, wipe up here, wipe up there. And then it's like, then he's regrouped, and he lost two points. And I was noticing a lot of players were doing that and controlling the time, like at the yeah. higher levels of their sports in general. Um, there's like like Gage says, there's levels to this. The world Absolutely. world levels. Speaking speaking of that in essence, in a way, uh, in a weird way, the talking about just um, the CEVs ruling to disallow uh, all Russian competition or Russian teams. Um, and Russian clubs from participating in any uh, competitions of theirs. Basically, like, you had several Russian teams, both in Champions League, CEV Cup, who were far into the playoff stage. And Kazan's probably the best. Like, Kazan is playing really well. Yeah. Kazan's, yeah. No, Kazan's so, the best Russian team. Like, they went a majority of the season without dropping a set. They were, right. They were going without dropping a set for a while. And so they were, they were clearly going to win the... CEV Cup. I don't think even Tor gets there. Mm-hmm. I don't think like um, I don't think they're gonna be right. really challenging. I keep forgetting Kazan. that they're not in Champions League, which is crazy. And so the uh, yeah CEV <laughs> just ruled that they're kind of kicking out all Russian teams um, in lieu of the conflict in Ukraine. And so that had a really strange effect because it just sent a couple teams straight into the next round, which yeah. made it a little bit interesting. That um, is very interesting. Because originally Zaxa, Eric had said that um, they were just going to pull out, and this and nobody had ruled on like what the state of the Russian teams were, and so he thought maybe that Zaxa was just going to have to pull out, and the Russian teams were to continue to play, and then it completely flipped. All the Russian teams got removed. However, in our league, we have one Russian player. He's a setter for Berlin, the top team in the league at this point, um, and he's allowed to play. The league's allowing him to play, which is interesting because you would think that the leagues would follow their governing bodies. Uh, ruling, but in our in our league, it's not the case. So we thought that was it for but, a second. Like but a lot- he's playing for Berlin to clarify, which is like correct. A lot different than these Russian federate, like Russian clubs, like Kazan or Dynamo Moscow or Dynamo Moscow, however you yeah. pronounce it. Like I think that is a huge distinction to make because yeah, an individual I, you- versus like a club. We one thing one thing is is. To, uh, we have to recognize is the the transfer of sort of like just Russia's how people perceive uh, Russia and transferring over from the Soviet Union tech, uh, technically and um, leaving that behind you know they use sport to really uh, influence the rest of the world's perspective of them like significantly Ho- like through competitions they hosted their teams everything like sports been a huge part of their uh um, how they're viewed in the uh, political world, how they're viewed um, economically, everything like they've been dominant in every, pretty much every single sporting field that they participate in, um, and it comes like they always get kind of thrown under for whether it's like performance enhancement drugs or the way they train or the style in which their coaches uh, train them, and so you know the fact that all of these associations are going here and taking this part of their culture away from them is a pretty big deal, especially in Russia. Like you're taking away ma- major competitions out of uh, out of their home country and not allowing their athletes to compete. You, you would think that at some point that's going to have an effect on how the people start viewing what's going on down in Ukraine, the Russian people, so to speak. I don't want to get too much further into that, but I was reading Joe, a lot. Really just... No, you're right. It's just I have a, my, our, our opposite is Russian. And we play Ukrainian tomorrow. So I'm like, I wonder if, like, some, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if some, any, like, things that we set to the net, but it, it might be. I don't know. But at the same time, like, we get his kind of view on the whole Russian thing, which is not, I know that not everyone has. So it's kind of interesting about, I know that he also can't go to see his family as well. So it's kind of crazy. Like, he has to, like, go through Turkey or go through Serbia because all these airports are not allowing. But, yeah, we don't want to get too political with things. Um, I have a. Really, I, I have another topic on that as well, but go ahead, Joe. No, no, no. You you go, and then I have something for the group. I was gonna say, um, went to a hockey game, a Polish hockey game, and the other team had apparently some Russians, 
And I saw the comments made, and I have, this is more of a question as well for you guys, by Westbrook, when people were calling him Westbrick, and that that's shaming his name, and that um, doesn't want his kid to come because they're shaming his name and all, and like that's not okay. The chants that were said towards these Russians were gnarly. And I was just like, there's just like such a different level of PC-ness, I guess, that like the U.S. is just in this weird place, I think, politically and socially. Um, Maybe it's not weird. Maybe that's the wrong word, but different, unique, maybe is, is the better way to say it, than a lot of the rest of the world. And it's sad that, it's not sad, but there's just a lack of, understanding of where the rest of the world is at i think in the u.s yeah we all had it before we came over here we still have it we don't understand a lot um absolutely what would they but, say micah is there anything you can say on this no not a lot that i could say it was okay. bad it was bad real bad <laughs> like bad enough where like i heard it and i knew immediately what they were saying yeah. because of those are the words that you learn first when you come to places like <laughs> when you go to places like this you, you learn those words first um, and so I also want to ask you guys about like what I don't know if you guys saw what Westbrook said and what you think about that. Yeah, I you know that's just the culture. It it's frustrating for me actually personally when I see stuff like that because that is you're an entertainer like that's what sports is. It's an entertainment industry, and everything um, you know rivalries that are created, the hatred of fans like that's just what passion. Makes, that's what makes that's what like, makes it sports sports. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and it's difficult for like to see like what do you want the fans to do? To sit there quietly and just not say anything? Like that's for sure. You go in sure. you go into an opposing uh, opposing team's arena. You should expect like I love that. Like, I, yeah, you should love that. I mean, um, I had one incident, but that wasn't because of that. Yeah. No, it's. I don't know. For <laughs> so me, I don't I know if I can speak it. on that anymore, but. I, yeah, at, least I, I at least I did something about it. I I don't I'm not like super empathetic for people unless they're literally going after like your race and calling you and like slurs stuff like that. That's a lot. But something where they're just heckling your game. Yeah, that's like, that's like you, sports. That's life. Like that, you can only shield people from life so much. You go down to the local park. Like if you're shooting bricks, dude. They're gonna <laughs> say you way worse stuff to you than freaking. West Brick, like, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty ridiculous sure. that he's complaining about that. I saw that, the complaints. To me, that is also ridiculous, and I feel like I really didn't enjoy playing in LA because there was a lack of like passion and fans and like real emotion. It was just like in the middle of LA, it just was PC and like, oh, like clap and look this way and do this way and be perfect and don't make any mistakes and. The cloud's gonna, the crowd is gonna golf clap and like, that's it. And so, and then when I went to, went to France, I was like, a breath of fresh air. I don't know about what you guys felt coming back overseas because you guys came from Hawaii, which was actually like, you had a great home gym. But for me, it was like night and day, and I was like, wow, this is so nice to see like people being passionate and human and emotional and like, there's so much more fun to this game than just like, being PC about everything. Hundred percent. I I agree. I mean, Hawaii was the best experience from a fan base wise. I haven't had anything better. Even here in Germany, like we have some passionate fans, but it's not like to that to that extent, so to speak. Like they're so in Hawaii, they were they understood everything that was going on with the team. They know everything about the players. Um, they understand the rivalries between other teams coming in. Like that, all that was understood here in Germany. I would say it's a much more like PC like. You bring your family and you just kind of clap and you're excited for good volleyball. So it's not it's not like that. I don't know. I love that kind of rivalry aspect of things where teams come in, they hate to come into your gym. Like I love that. Totally. Aspect. This hockey game, the other the other um, fans weren't allowed because there would be too many fights. Yeah, I because I was that. in there Dude. and I was like, "Where's the other fans?" And the and the my Polish friends like, "Oh, like this specific team, they can't come." To the games, like when we go Dude. there, we can't go, and when they come, we can't. They can't come. The hooligans in the English Premier League, dude—that is some crazy stuff, man. There's a lot of documentaries and stuff done. Like, there's people killed over soccer games there. Dude, the hooligans here, what, like where we play, is in like 
I don't know why, but it's in the middle of like the rival football club's like neighborhood. And so there was police when we made the promotion of Plus Liga. There was police at every single game, military. Our libero got jumped. Our middle got his stuff stolen when waiting at the bus stop because he had like the logo. And the first thing they told us when he came was, do not wear your like gear that you get from this team. Don't wear any, any of it outside of the gym. Because there's like actually, and my libero got, was literally on the ground getting kicked. Jesus. That's Gnarly. Crazy, yeah. And and the the hooligans everywhere are crazy, but there's some stories about these guys that are wild as well. Yeah. Hey, I got I got a series of it's a they're like personality questions, but I think they help answer. I I like how it fits into this conversation today. Like three of them that I'm going to ask everybody to answer and then we wrap it up gauge if that works. Um Yeah. For you. Uh, I, I want to quickly shout out because I'll forget any any clubs, high schools, uh, programs that want us to come this summer to your uh, facility. Email joe at outofsystem.net. We're filling up the calendar. It's filling up fast. We have a couple open dates left, so you make sure you get in quick. Uh, reach out to us. There's going to be a lot of uh, updates coming up about that over the next month or two, so make sure you email me if you want us to come to a place near you. All right, uh, really quickly, I want to – Go through three different questions for you guys before we wrap it up. Um, we'll start at the top here. What steps do you take to remain calm under pressure in volleyball? Let's 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 use that. I can I can say one really quick thing. Okay, one really quick thing for me in serve receive is like let's say you get into a rut, you've just been in a rut about serve receive. It's also just like remembering like like i always repeat this in my head hey you just got to see it go in twice once like like a shooter has to see the ball like they're going through a rut and they just see one go in and it's kind of like that and just kind of remembering what that feels like right before i serve receive so like okay what's my what am i usually and i'm not like and i'm not like one of the people hold my platform there and i go you know what i'm saying but i'm like just kind of the feeling like because we're all shoot by feel kind of guys and that's the most important thing for me helps relax my body helps relax my mind and i know um okay maybe that that perfect again a perfect pass the next time but I just feel better. I always like to go, okay, maybe not the results good, but how do I feel about it? like like that? Because I know in the long run it'll be better for me. That's how I think about it. I asked Joe, like, I think earlier this season, how you go through ruts, and Joe gave me the advice that he thinks, he just imagines that, Gage, you are hitting on the left. Is that right, mm-hmm. Joe? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, for some reason, whatever, like, studying... My brother, because it's something I've done since I like I was located. It's like supernatural. Like when I think, I don't have to think about setting gauge at all. Um, and it's similar. Like this year with Jordan, it's a really similar feeling because I played with him since I was fourteen. But yeah. that's also a reason. Like when I was saying getting into coaching, I don't understand why college coaches don't recruit guys who played together their whole life. Like the connection aspect. People, a lot of people in the Bundesliga just talk about like Jordan Ryan's connection, just in the big attack, like everything in general. Um, but yeah, like like you said, you know, that's like imagining you're setting like a gauge or something because it's just supernatural for me. I don't have to think about it. With every other person like that I'm playing like first year, I have to think about uh, the ball has to be slightly totally, here, a totally. higher. I'm like if I when I just play the ball like and I'm like that, that's when I play at my best. So So I started I copied Joe and I started imagining that my dad was my coach. Like that my my coach overseas was my dad. And that worked for a little bit. But I think what also is interesting about all th- three of us, it's not about pressure. It's when we are in a rut. And it's not necessarily like going hand in hand. Because I think when there's pressured situations, that is not really like – usually I'm pretty focused and doing – like for the most part, luckily, I'm doing pretty well. But it's just when I'm not doing good in general. How do I get through that? Because it's not always yeah, just yeah. – pressure doesn't always mean I'm doing – bad or good but when i'm not doing well i started doing this thing where i would like use my towel a lot and i would take a breath into my towel and no matter like what's going on around me i would take those three slow breaths at my own pace at my own speed and it's so uncomfortable because like i know people might be looking or like the ref is like hurry up hurry up but i'm i take it at my own speed and then I get out of here. I'm like, oh, I play on my own, like I'll just play on my own time. Like, 
And it takes away like the pressure of everyone else, what they think or what what might be going on outside of me. And I'm just like, I'm just going to breathe on my own time. And you guys just, I don't know. It's it's helped me. I move around a lot. <laughs> I'll find something that works seconds. and then it works. And then yeah. it doesn't work exactly. anymore. And I'm like, all right, I got to find something new. Exactly. I think that's super important because uh, I'm the same way. Like I, constantly, I, I don't do the same thing all the time. Um, and so, yeah. I, I totally am like in kind of the same boat. I just imagine myself in a place where like I had success, like a position. even like how funny it is, like even like a grass yeah. volleyball tournament from the summer at one point. Like yeah. I'll imagine like just because the feeling that I think we always talk about like on when we play together, like the synergy and the connection that we have, it's just like so just like I feel there's just a constant like flow always, especially in like the, the big moments. Like there's never any kind of like thinking about it having to do stuff and so for me it's about getting in that mindset more so um because it's always it's been difficult for me to do have that same feeling playing like the past couple years like professionally because it's just like new new hitters all the time it's just like not the same type of connection that you have and so it's just way more difficult but it's just like different uh so you have to figure out other ways to get back into the match so um great answers by everybody uh we'll go one more here because I don't want to take people, uh, too much of people's times. Um, how did you turn your greatest failure into a learning experience? I don't have my greatest I, failure. Crickets. Is. Yeah, go gauge. Two things. So, what is your failure greatest failure? Yeah, so that that's where I'm at a quandary right now. My greatest yeah, failure is definitely is losing 2019 championship by far my greatest failure. In in your life, that's wise, your greatest failure. I'm gonna speak volleyball wise. I don't really in terms of failures think, like okay. I think my you pers- could, I think yeah. I think the person like the volleyball. <laughs> Joe's like I, I think, think you had a lot of failures that you're that you're forgetting about. No, <laughs> I think volleyball. I mean, I I'm not like, gonna get personal. I mean, because because my biggest failure is letting down my parents. Like there have been certain times where I let down my parents and like, I would say that I mom. would say that is a little higher up than like a volleyball match is just the game at the end. Joe, of the day. What do you mean and, by big? But I, I think like sports wise though, because sports wise, believe it okay. or not, like for me, I don't know about you guys. It's like I mean, I'm not gonna get I'm I'm not gonna get my parents into this right now. But for me, sports wise is like. If my sports isn't going right, and this is maybe something I need to change, I don't know, then the rest of my <laughs> life is not going well. <laughs> like, like, that's usually how it goes for me. And I'm kind of at a pot. And I would say that my greatest failure is, like, I'm doing, like, well this year, but, like, I'm not – I still haven't felt my groove. So in my mind, I'm like, I might be in – it's not an event-wise, but it's kind of like one of those things where I'm still kind of working, working it out. And one thing that I do is, like, I'm learning from it, and I think – the biggest thing, the worst thing you can do is compare yourself to others in no matter what the situation is. And that's what I find myself. I'm just like, now you find yourself, okay, you're not in college, you're in a world stage now. And now you're on the, well, technically you're on like the same, maybe like not actually, but like, okay, we're all in this together now. Like technically they could go get another Eric Shoji or they can get Grabenikov, you know what I'm saying? And you're like comparing yourself to those guys or even guys your, your age or whatnot and it's like never compare. Like that's the worst thing you can do because everyone's story is different. For me, that's what I learned. That's a really, 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 really good one. I don't necessarily know what my my greatest. I can go, Micah, is. if you're if you want to. Think yeah, please more. do. Yeah, yeah, go. go, go. Um, I would say mine. Because to pick out a singular match, I don't think is right. Because if I said I've talked about this several times, if I base everything like my validity of my career and everything i worked for on like one result i think that is doing it like disservice and like i don't think you'll ever be satisfied because you're gonna win and lose like big matches your entire sporting career so if everything's based on like that's your biggest failure is failing um you know you have like certain goals and you want to accomplish like season to season um and obviously losing is a failure, but I would never say it's like my biggest failure because I think that just kind of, um, like I said, does all the work going up to that and the preparation disservice in a way. It's like you put in the same amount of work that you did when you did succeed. And so why, like, as long as you learn from that, I think it's important. But biggest failure, sorry, back to this topic. No, I would that was say, a good point. I, I agree with that as well. I, I think that's really cool way to look at it. Yeah. 
I would say that biggest failure was that I did allow like other people's decisions at the beginning of my university career, my transition into college. I allow other people's decisions and I allow other people's opinions to affect my like daily mood as well as my outlook on like the future of my career and everything. And once I did finally overcome that and realize kind of have the viewpoint that I have now, I'm way better off in terms of like where I'm at like in my career and how I'm continuing to progress um, just with all of my, uh, with stuff like in my control, uh, so to speak. And what I mean by that is like going into like, especially freshman, like first four or five months, even my college decision, like I was so like, I was so sad on going to UCLA. I said this over and over. I was so sad on going to UCLA. Situation just wasn't uh, best for me in terms of like where I want to go with my career and what made me happy. Um, and you know, I ended up going to Hawaii and I love that like kind of that whole decision affect my first four to five months. Um, also then not playing the first year, not playing the second year, like I allowed all that stuff to really uh, affect like me mentally and my motivation at times and how I viewed like where I wanted my career to go. And then once I did have the opportunity, I did take like um, advantage of that I felt for the most part, um, short of a few goals that I wanted to accomplish in my collegiate career. And then I was like back at square one again when I got into my professional scene. And so then building up from there, it's like, for me, uh, I feel like I've always kind of had to overcome some sort of obstacles or like adversity and multiple ones like over and over and over. So like my first one that I didn't handle so well, I felt like when I got now into the professional scene, I had to do it again. Like I was way better prepared and I had a way better outlook over um, how to handle that. And I was... A bit had the ability to make some changes like mentally, so I handled it better and put myself in a position now where I feel like I'm still like now that I'm playing and I'm on the court, I'm making, I'm continuing to progress uh, as a professional athlete. And no matter what other coaches say, in, like from other leagues, or no matter what the USA Volleyball like national team pipeline says, like I feel that I'm still like progressing and happy with where my career is going because I know that I. Uh, um, doing like what I can um, and putting like my team in a position to win is m to the best of my abilities and that's kind of like all that I can control especially with my like stature and everything like that's always been a thing even at the professional level my agent tells me the same thing like concerned about height wise it's like okay how do I if I just sit here and allow that comment and that be the uh, be the narrative of my career then I'll be in I'll just always be pissed off and always be upset with myself. And so for me, I learned after that first time, like, like I cannot allow that stuff to affect me in any way. And I, don't, and I really haven't. Um, and so I think that that has helped me over my career, especially in the uh, recent time over the past couple of years. How though? Like, I feel like everyone has <clears throat> dealt with that at times or – not at times, a lot, especially in the day where the day, the times we're living in right now. Everyone deals with like, oh, worrying about what people think about you, um, yeah, and and taking people's opinions about you like to heart and letting that affect the way that you look at yourself, and it's and people know that it's not good and still can't not do it. So how yeah. were you able like what what did it happen happen really fast when they were just like. I'm over it or did it happen slowly or were there some realizations you had slowly for sure over I would say over the past year and a half more so because in my head like people are asking me like I the thing is I get questions all the time from family members friends people who fall out of system like teammates what's your involvement with the national team what's your plan for next year what's the, like everybody's always looking forward to the future and all of that has to do with the opinion of other people like for me none of that stuff is in my control so to speak like if a coach offers me a certain contract or if the national team wants to bring me in for this tournament all that stuff in in a way is not really in my control like if they just are not interested in a player of my stature or whatever like i can always just control what i control whether that's in training um me being like an aggressive kind of minded setter which i've always been like that's always my mentality i never want to have regrets um, for not like taking the risk, taking the chance. Like I'm always that super 
physical, um, especially for my stature, I feel like. And so I always want to make sure that that's the narrative because if I, and sometimes it is kind of the Achilles heel of me, like taking too much risk at times, but I just see too many times it pays off um, with me being kind of like the aggressor, so to speak. And I, that's, I love playing with guys who have that same sort of mentality. Um, and it's hard for me not to play with or to play with guys who don't have the mentality. And so uh, with that mindset and everything, it's just like I really have developed like an FU m- mentality kind of in my head in a way. Hell I don't yeah. know. Like uh, for me, it's like, all right, you know, on me, it's like I'll make sure that I go continue to excel in areas that I can control and things that I can do, um, whether it's like that same area of life or it's like other forms. Like for me, no matter what happens, like on the vault, I – Put everything when I'm in practice, I put everything into that. When I'm on the court, I put everything into that. Um, and then that speaks for itself. And then when I'm off the court, everything's kind of dialed into the out of system. It's like, okay, if the, uh, the stuff isn't going, I use that to really transfer my motivation into other aspects of my life as well. Yeah, because I always feel like I we say this together, like us three, that no matter what we're involved with, we know that we're going to succeed. Um, because that's just the mentality and the type of people that we are. Like, no matter what, like, people. If we want something to work, we'll make it happen, no matter what. And that's kind of the mentality and what makes the out-of-system team super cool because no matter what we – like, we, we talk about something happening, we'll go make it happen. Um, and that's the cool thing I think about uh, I think that's more – I think you're the leader at that. Yeah. I don't know. I won't speak for Gage, but if Joe wants something to happen, he'll make it happen. If I want something to happen, hey, chances are it might not happen. And if Gage wants something to happen – Probably won't happen. I'm more. I'll follow you. I'll, I'll follow my brother in the depths of hell, kind of thing. <laughs> you know what? If Joe and I think that that's this, like, I have a lot of respect and admiration for Joe because of that. Like, it's pretty, he has a strong personality and he doesn't like falter. And yeah, I'm stubborn. I'm definitely. I get that from my dad. Um, it's been an issue no. with. It's been an issue with teammates, friendships, and uh, not an issue, but it's been like that's what causes friction. Brotherships, uh, family, relationships, brotherships. It's always Females. like, it's, yeah, exactly. Because uh, is I'm, that no, what you're gonna like, say? No, I said relationships. Like, oh, that's right. Previous relationships. Chicks. And so, but, I was, like, that's but a, this, I don't know if I've told you that I'm saying it on air, which is dope. But like, that's something I have a lot of admiration for you, like in particular. I but think I'm stubborn really, as hell. Really sick. <laughs> no, stubborn is not the word I would say, but like, stand by beliefs. Yeah, you know what yeah. you, you you know what you like or what you love and what you agree with and what you what you stand by and then you just stand by it and it's pretty easy for you to do that. Dude, I definitely my, get that from my dad. My mom is the type of person like if I I could convince her or something. My dad's like no, like he, dude, my dad. <laughs> as much as I've butted heads with my dad and my he's always reasonable. I think the word is reasonable, Joe. No, no, no. no. With my Gage, mom's more reasonable. Gage's relationship with our parents is completely different. My relationship <laughs> with. My dad, my relationship with my dad is way better. And he, like, can have a conversation with me. And every single time, in a big moment, like, where I have to make a decision, every time he's told me, it's always been the right decision. And there's there's a lot of things, you know, that sometimes I don't agree with. and But it's, like, for the big decisions, he's always has a good understanding um, of what's best. And he's always been right in terms of how I uh, make those decisions. Um and so I've always been super appreciative of that. I get a lot of the stubbornness for sure is all from my dad, like the, all that side of it. Um, but uh, but there's a lot I don't take from my dad too. So it's a balance. Take the, I take only the good stuff from my mom. Yeah. <laughs> You're just so perfect, aren't you, Joe? Gage's relationship with our parents is... Joe, you make it sound like I have a terrible relationship with our parents. I yeah, you, 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 Joe, you do make it sound like that, and that's not what it is. Jesus. It's just very different. Joe, it's not, in it's their not eyes, terrible. is now an adult, and Gage, not, in their eyes, is still ten years old. It's not terrible. Yep, it's just Gage cannot, Gage cannot not admit that it's been bumpy over the past five years. Yeah, but not like a, but not like a, I'm gonna run away Joe, from home kind of bumpy. Joe, it's more rebellious. Just, yeah, it's, 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 it is more. It's, I know. You're like, they, Joe, is, they, Joe is like a colleague to you, them at this point. Gage is not a like. The thing they is, don't Gage, see eye to eye with Gage. They don't, they're not like peers. They're Gage not like, okay, Gage, you're an adult now. 
We trust your decisions. That is not Gage the way. has. It's because Gage has disappointed them more. Oh, no. yeah. anyway. Jesus Christ! I'm, I'm yeah, just being first, honest. Right. No, for I sure. Say out there for sure. That but that's not. I don't have a terrible relationship with my family at all. You don't. We call I'm, them. We call every day. Gage is the disappointing Gage. child. Gage, you have to say your relationship right him. right now is better than it was your entire uh, like college career. You have to say like you right. Entire college. Mm. Yeah, I mean there was a few bumpy. So. Just my senior year, we senior year there was some bumpy stuff for sure. Even, I'll admit that. No, no, no. Even like the trust level, like and everything, and like how yeah your your communication. That you wouldn't. They'd this, be calling me because because like you just now it's vice versa. Now it's vice exactly. Versa. Now That's what I'm saying. Hundred percent. I'm saying 100%. your relationship right now. What, here, everything I'm saying is completely true. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah. I'm not saying it's the a way you're saying it though. You're making me sound like a terrible, terrible son. No, but I, also, all right, I'm really quick. This is what happened. This is why. This is why Joe. It's because Joe, when he grew up, growing up, Joe was not rebellious. He was like very to himself. He didn't do anything. He never went out of the house or anything. Kind of like me, but I did more stuff. There's some famous stories I have. I was, I didn't party or anything like that. I go out like that, but I bought a bunch of illegal fireworks and I run from the cops all the time because of that, along with. <laughs> I got in trouble with girls and their families. It's because <laughs> Joe, stuff like that. Joe, so it's like that's the thing. But don't get it twisted. Joe's always the mastermind behind it. Yes, it's just he's not the one doing the I, labor. He's not the one I, picking up stuff and putting it down, and then we get caught picking stuff up, and Joe's nowhere <laughs> to be found. And we're like, I, "What the heck? He told us to do this." I definitely will say I like create it, and I'm very with Gage. I know how to manipulate him. With Gage, I, not anymore. Not anymore. When I was younger, you're telling yeah. me now you're manipulating me, Joe? Are you? I don't know. Are you I'm not saying manipulating uh, me. I think everyone? he is, but he doesn't <laughs> want to give plays. Like, he doesn't want to show you that he's still doing Dude, it. Dude, uh, so I would that notice. He can keep There's doing definitely it. stuff that I would notice. <laughs> no, Gage, he is still. From a from how? A third, In what way? From a like outside perspective, your brother still manipulates you all the time. All the time. Not in like a big way. I think I think the big way maybe, but not maybe in small ways. I don't I don't put like Gage example, in positions go, like, like to get in trouble so much. I just like yeah. yeah you just make him do your stuff that you don't want to do <laughs> more so. More yeah, so. It used to be in trouble. It's a balance. Things, but it's it's a balance. It's just like any teammate. There's there's balance. You got to give and take. <laughs> What is? What are you doing? To yeah, but you're less girl? like that now because now you're like, oh, Gage is valuable to out system. Maybe I maybe I can't do that as much. Maybe I gotta link no. That a little more. <laughs> I think so. Whatever, bro. Dude, whatever, man. You just keep living in that world of yours, Gage. <laughs> whatever, man. Gage is like Joe doesn't manipulate me. I'm like Gage, you grab me some water. Okay, I'll be. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Gage, how can you say that? Oh man. You're- Give me an example. You're an so example. far. You're so far behind him. You gotta catch up, bro. <laughs> Give me an example. The whole summer, Mike. I don't manipulate him, bro. I don't manipulate yeah, him right. at all, yeah, bro. That's true. No, 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 no. <laughs> Let's true. hear it. Let's hear it. Prove me wrong here. Let's prove me wrong. Gage, we're running short. We're running it's short true. on time. We are no, running we're short not. On time. We got plenty of damn time. This is our Just... freaking podcast. I gotta bounce. Yeah. All right. Give me one. Give me one thing then. Give me one thing. <laughs> no, I can't think of any. I think I think you're right. Shut up, Micah. I think you're right. Shut your mouth. Because <laughs> I know you like to push my button seal on the trip as well. Because I know me and Micah butt heads the most on the trip <laughs> in a friendly way, not like in a bad way. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> no, let me hear it. Come on, come on, Haribo, Micah. What did it, what happened? I have no idea. I don't. I think you're right. Come on, you're Ricky on to, Bobby. Come out. I think you're. I think you're on to his games now. And I think shut you, up now. Now, now you're. Now you shut up. I know you're freaking mad at me right now. Shut up. You guys get to give me an example. Yeah, you're I'm right. I'm high alert from here on out. It's because we're wrong, bro. And you're right. You know wow. I'm gonna see. Here's the thing. You can make me double think myself or second guess myself <laughs> by just keep saying that. Like, oh yeah, Gage. Oh yeah. And if I know for a fact, I'm like, I'm going to be like, no, I want to do this. <laughs> All right. You know why? Because I'm going to be a high alert with Dr. Price. Electrolytes out of 20, 20% off. I got a bunch right here. By the end of this, by the time Faye leaves, I'm going to be downing this entire thing. I got game day tomorrow, so I'm going to be drinking a crap ton of electrolytes. Shout out to our sponsor at Manscaped. And again, next week, 
is our 75th episode, guys. Isn't that crazy? 75 episodes together. Look at us go, man. And for that 75th episode, we are going to be doing a question Q&A for the entire time. We'll put it on our story. We'll post about it. Um, it'll be... You're basically... I'm thinking probably have to comment on a story so we can save it in our archive. Archive, yeah? Is it archive or archive? Archive. 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 Okay. Archive. 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 It's in our archive. Archive. And... It's <laughs> French. It's French. Oh, <laughs> uh, just remember. Uh, if you can't handle heat... Goddamn Kitchen, this has been another episode presented by...